0: We are talking about time, and in particular, the shortage of time. And we began this study last week by talking, uh, really setting the stage with God's perspective on time, the Bible's perspective on time. And we saw last week, the Bible really doesn't talk very much about hours and minutes It talks about days and seasons. And so we're in the middle of a series now to get God's wisdom about how to use our time. Everyone has the same amount of time. We all have the same limits. No one has more than 24 hours in a day. We're all trying to get as much out of that day as we possibly can. But no one has any more than anyone else. When we say, I don't have time, we're saying something other than, I have less time than you have. Because we all have the same amount. In each of our weeks, there are only seven days. And no one gets any more, no one gets any less. I have found that the real difference between people who get the things accomplished that need to be accomplished and those who continually stumble along and do not get things accomplished that need to be accomplished. The real difference is not in the amount of time that people have. It's definitely not in the amount of time that people think they have. Because we all think that we don't have enough time. The real difference is in how people prioritize the time they have. What's the top priority in the time that you spend? Where does not even most of your time go? Where does your quality time go? Where does How many things do you repeat during the day? How many things are you chasing after? uh in a a reactive or disorganized way how many things are really deeply intentional and and let me let me put a very fine point on this if spiritual growth is not on your schedule then you are not growing spiritually And this is as as with so many things with wisdom, what we find that we, we are confronted when we talk about time with another heart issue. Where is our heart toward the priorities of God? We want to grow spiritually. We want to know God. We want to act wisely in our business, at work, in our home life. We want all of these things. But the question of whether they are actually priorities or not is whether they're on the schedule. And if they are on the schedule, then those things happen. If they are not, then they are not priorities at all, and they're not going to happen. uh, a lot of what we're doing with this series, and in the the book of Proverbs as a whole, is we're taking the mystery out of spiritual growth. Whether it's decision making, or whether it's your work life, or whether it's your your use of time, we we simply want to say spiritual growth and walking with God is deeply practical. It's a question of priorities. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. That our text is actually one verse out of what I read uh, earlier in the service. It's verse 34. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Priorities. How can you tell whether something is is a priority in your life How can you get command of your schedule to put your priorities in order in the way you run your days? We're going to be looking at this this morning. First of all, we're going to look at this invitation that is being given in chapter 8. And we're going to take some priorities from that. Then we're going to look at this verse itself. We're going to talk about scheduling the priorities that we're getting from this invitation. And then we're going to go to the Gospel about this. And we're going to confront the heart issues about these priorities. And so let's dive in this morning. Let's talk about the invitation that is before us in chapter 8. This is one of the great chapters of Scripture. It is a chapter in which wisdom is personified. Wisdom isn't a topic of study. Wisdom in chapter 8 is a person. And in fact, throughout the whole book of Proverbs, this is true. The woman, Wisdom, is standing in the city gates, in the marketplace, and all of these people are bustling by. They've all got tasks. They're all busy. They all want to get more out of their time. They all know that time is money. And so, as all of these people are bustling by, Wisdom is singing out her invitation and saying, at any time you can come into my house and you can hear me, you can learn from me, and you can reorder your life. So who is wisdom here? Who is giving this invitation? It's none other than the Creator Himself. Look with me at verse 22, what we read earlier in the hour. The Lord possessed me wisdom at the beginning of his work the first of his acts of old so wisdom is old how how old before the world was made ages ago i was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth so we think of all the systems of life all of the the power of this earth And before any of that was made, before it was formed, there was wisdom. Wisdom is before all of that. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Now think about that. We've uh, had a good year with water here in California. That's been a great thing. We got a little bit too much of it there for a while. But before that, How were we doing when water was in short supply? Well, life, all life, depends on water. And this is saying that wisdom was there before the springs were installed in the world. Before the earth's plumbing was put in, wisdom was there. And in fact, he's going to say, I, wisdom, Put the springs in there. I'm the one who built all of these systems of life. Uh, Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. Now think about that. All of the fields around us, all of the agriculture, all of the plants, everything that grows and feeds us... So all of that water comes out of the springs and it goes, among other places, into the fields where we grow our food. And all of that feeds us before any of that was set up. Wisdom was there. Now let me pause and ask you a question. Is energy a big priority with you? How am I going to have the energy to get through life? How am I going to have the energy to get through this day? How am I going to have the focus and the strength to make the decisions that I need to make? Is this a priority with you or am I the only one? We just, we get tired out. We need strength, we need renewal, we need nourishment, we need life. If this is a priority to you, then wisdom, who made all the systems that feed you and who understands all of those systems and who understands better than we do how those systems work and how much we need them. Wisdom is inviting you to come over to her house. That's who's issuing this invitation. So, if your priority is, I want more energy. I need, I need my life renewed so that I can have the strength and the power to do what I need to do today. Then, the priority of listening to that invitation of Wisdom rises and gets higher, bigger and bigger. If I want energy and life, that means I'm going to go to Wisdom's house. I want that on my schedule. So, that's the first question I want you to think about. Let's continue with who is issuing this invitation. When he established, verse 27, the heavens, I was there. So when God threw the cosmos out there and all the stars, and when he set up the sky and the atmosphere of the earth, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, there I was beside him. What is he saying? Wisdom understands and possesses power. This world is structured. there is a power that keeps this world functioning the way it is supposed to function so that the, the natural disasters we fear do not do worse than they might otherwise. We are in a fallen world, but even in spite of that, the Lord's hand is over all of these things. And wisdom here is saying, I am the one who designed all of that. When the Lord put all of that in motion, I was there. I set it all up. So who are we talking about here? We're talking about the Creator who has power and who, who built this world to be a system of life that protected us and, and kept us safe and solid. Uh, so question, how big a priority is security to you? How big a priority is it to be safe? How big a priority is it to know that you're not just out there um, exposed to every random thing that might happen to you? How important is this? To me, these things are very important. So, who is issuing this invitation? Wisdom, the person who made this world and structured it to be safe for me. Wisdom is saying, come over to my house and I'll teach you. So if I want life and energy, wisdom is saying, I'll give it to you. Come over and I'll teach you. If I want security and safety, wisdom is issuing an invitation. I know about that, I set all of that up. Come over and I will teach you. So the priority of listening to this invitation gets bigger and bigger, heavier and heavier. I want to keep this invitation. Um, Let's keep going. There I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of men. How big a priority is joy to you? How big a priority is it to enjoy life? How big a priority of it is it to you to have skills in a sport or something, some hobby that you have, that you do, strictly because you enjoy it, and you enjoy the results of it. you love it and it ministers to you. you recreate because you do these things and the enjoyment that you get out of that gives you energy and strength and sends you back into life with with more strength and energy. How big a priority is this to you? Wisdom is saying I know about that, I do that. When we were creating the world, I was rejoicing in all of it. I was delighting in it. I was having fun. I was playing with all of this. And when I saw what all of this creation could do, I delighted in it. Look at that. That is great. That's really neat. This this is living. It's thriving. All of these things, wisdom says, I love that stuff. So, come over and I'll teach you how this works. That's who's issuing this invitation. So if your priority is energy, security, if your priority is recreation and enjoyment, wisdom is saying, got those, come to my house, and I'll teach those to you. So That's who's issuing this invitation. It's Jesus. He is the creator of the world. And he is the one embodied here uh, at the the head of the marketplace, calling out to everybody who's busy, pressed for time, wondering whether there are going to be enough hours of the day to do all the things they need to do. He's calling out to all of those people. You need to stop what you're doing and come to my place, because I have all of the things that are big priorities to you. But in order to get those things, your priorities have to change. So that's who is issuing this invitation. Now, what is the invitation in particular? I keep repeating this phrase, come over to my house. Look with me at verse 12 of chapter 8. Wisdom describes our house. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. Let me tell you about my house. Let me tell you about where I live. You want to know about somebody, walk into their home. What's in that home? Um, is Is this home cared for? Do you feel cared for when you walk into this home? What's their dwelling like? It tells you a lot about the person and the character of the person, the, the, uh, whether they're a giving person or a taking person. So here is wisdom saying, I'll show you my home. I dwell with prudence. So if you walk in my front door and go into my kitchen, you're going to find prudence there. We uh, used to have this, uh, this uh, practice of naming, especially young women, uh, naming girls things according to virtues. You, you would hear uh, women called prudence, charity, pras- uh, chastity. Uh, you would hear those are virtues from the scriptures. Anybody ever know someone named Prudence? Yeah. Uh, So you'll find her here at my house. She's in my kitchen. What is prudence? Prudence is the virtue of looking out at all the competing priorities of life and choosing two or three and they're the right ones. I'm gonna go for those. If I get those right, everything else will, will fall in line. If I get these priorities wrong, that's not gonna be prudent and things are going to start to get out of hand here. So prudence kind of looks ahead, looks down the line, looks at resources and says this is what we're facing and this is what we've got, so this is what we're going to do. That's how prudence works. Wisdom in this invitation says if you come to where I live, prudence is there. She's an expert at making plans that are good plans and setting priorities. There's more about this house. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. If you come to my house, there are not going to be temptations to sin because I hate that stuff. I hate enticing people into addictions, and I hate enticing people into false things. I hate lies. I hate twisted talk. And so if you come to my place, you're going to be free from all of that. It doesn't live here with me. I have, verse 14, counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. You come to my place, you're going to be able to partake in my strength my power. By me kings reign. Kings come over to my house, they tell me their problems and I teach them and they do what I tell them. Rulers decree what is just. By me princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. If you go to a place and you say that is a great place to live. The people there are not in danger. They're protected. They're well provided for. Everybody's working there, and their their city is well taken care of. It's clean, and no one walks around at any time of day feeling threatened. Wisdom says, you go to that place, the ruler of that city was at my house. I taught him or her how to do that. And then Wisdom says this, verse 18. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold. And my yield than choice silver. What's at her house? Fruitfulness. Profit in the best sense of the term. Where you invest something wisely and you get a return, you get a yield on that because the resource you put in did what wisdom said it should do and it produced a harvest or it produced a profit, and you're going to get something back from that. Wisdom says, I live there. My house is profitable. And when you stay with me, and you learn how I do things, and when you learn justice, you'll learn how to be profitable, productive, and fruitful in this way. You want to go to this house? It sounds like a great place. So who is doing this invitation? Who's giving this invitation? God, the creator of the universe. And God is saying, come to my house, speaking as wisdom here, and I will instruct you in all of these things. So, if we want energy, safety, if we want enjoyment, then all of those invitations from God are speaking to us and He calls out to us. And we say, Okay, I'll go to your house. And wisdom takes us to this house and the doors open and everything that is our top priority is in that house. Now, Just over the last few minutes, you think about this invitation. How big a priority has it become for you to know wisdom and be at her house? How big? For me, even just talking about this, I want more. I want more wisdom. I want to live there. I want to go to that place. Because those things are my top priorities. And I've got other priorities in addition to that that I want so this priority gets higher and higher. Here's the deal. You actually have this invitation right now. It's engraved, you've got it, right in your hands. You can go anytime. Now, what if we say, you know, wisdom, <laughs> it sounds great where you live. And I know that you can provide all these things, being God and all. And I know that you you've got all of these things, but you just you gotta understand, I got softball this week. I gotta work, and then after that, we need family time. And what is family time? Well, we watch TV, but it's with the family, so it's family time. Is this sounding right to you? No, because the priorities are so important and the return is so big and the invitation is so generous that for it not to be a priority and for other things to become a priority is really, let's pull a word out here, foolish, right? So who's bustling by While wisdom gives this invitation. Who is she talking to? Uh, Verse 4. To you, O man, I call. And my cries to the children of men. O simple ones. Learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. That's our invitation. Now the question is how do we take that invitation and the big priority that it has become for us in the last few minutes and maybe over the course of your life, how do we take that priority and translate it into action? Well that brings us to the schedule, right? If it's not on the schedule are you going to take the invitation? No. This is very practical. I know what we are all taught so often about spiritual growth and walking with the Lord. god is going to zap you with His power and He's going to do it all. And you don't have to do anything. In fact, you can't do anything. So just go like a limp rag doll in God's hands and He's going to make all of this stuff happen. That is not the God of Proverbs, it is not the God of the Bible, it is not the God of grace. The God of grace is not a puppet master. The God of grace stands at the head of the street to busy people and says, listen, make your decision, give me your attention and your time. And that's how it happens. So that brings us to Proverbs eight thirty-four. Pick it up at verse 32. This is after the invitation has been given. Now, sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. And then this. Blessed is the one who listens to me. Watching, how often? Daily watching, daily. Well, okay, I can go there tomorrow and I can watch, I can watch at your doors tomorrow. But you you know, it's it's pretty busy the rest of the week with softball. And so, yeah, tomorrow, let's set a date and I'll be there at your door and I'll watch, wisdom. Is that the kind of relationship that wisdom is inviting us to? No. Wisdom is saying, blessed is the one who listens to me, and what does that mean? Watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. You remember that old uh, commercial for Mervyn's? Does that store even still exist anywhere in the country? I don't know. But it it was this lady uh, uh, standing outside the window uh, before the big sale, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning saying, open, open, open." Oh, you remember that? That's a stupid commercial, but it's it's very effective for <laughs> uh, Proverbs 8.34. That's what this person is doing. 4 o'clock in the morning, this person is there, saying, open, 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 you open up now, because I want to get in there, because I want to hear what you have to say. And what's interesting about this is that there are times when the doors are closed. You ever feel like this? Wisdom's not talking to me. God's not listening to me. He's not hearing my prayers. I'm just kind of sitting out here waiting. And the door is closed. I feel like that. And so this is saying: Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. The doors are closed. This person has left the life of folly and is sitting by the doors for the moment they open and the person can come inside and hear more. Uh, That's what we're really talking about. Whatever is a top priority in your life, you're going to do it every single day, daily. Your top priority is not the thing you do once a week. The thing you do once a week is maybe in your top ten, so you circle back to it once a week. But the top priority is something you do every day. Rain or shine. Everything else, if, what, do we, what do we do when something is a priority and then there are competing priorities? We just say, well, no, that will have to wait because this is the top priority and I do this every day. So uh, let's unpack this. Let's think about this. Daily means it's repeated. Tomorrow, it would be good to watch at those doors. But you should really go back on Tuesday and Wednesday and all of that is good uh, but go back on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and then do it again. Because in our lives that's top priority thinking. That's when the schedule reflects the top priority. I think the, the thing about Christianity today that is uh, the most it, it's the most telling, is that we want God's grace and power, we want to walk with Him. We want joy from Him, we want energy and strength and safety, all of those things. But what's the daily? priority. It's other stuff. We do other things daily, but not this. So this is repetitive um, daily behavior. Think about musicians. Um, one of the, the people I follow on Instagram is a, a violinist, one of the best violinists in the world, named Hilary Hahn and she's doing this thing on Instagram called Hundred Days of Practice. And she's posting a video of herself practicing, making all of the mistakes that you think, well, she never makes those mistakes. She puts the video there of her practicing. You know what you find there? Repetition. Over and over and over again, just little snippets. We're going to do this with the bow today for a few minutes over and over again. I'm going to play this, this little passage, just a couple of measures, but I'm going to figure out those three notes in there, over and over and over again. The wonderful story about Heifetz. Have you heard the name Heifetz, the, the great violinist who was considered uh, one of the greatest violinists of the 20th century? And um, at, uh, at the close of his career, after he retired, he taught at UCLA, and, uh, and USC and uh, one time I was in an orchestra with a, a guy who said who told me a great story about Heifetz. He was a student at USC during those years and he was a music student and so everybody kind of knew or at least the, the string players knew when Heifetz was in the building because he said he was kind of a compass would park his car right in front of the front door no parking space there but that's where he parked and so he could uh, get out and, and go in and he would go into a practice room this guy one day got into the practice room right next to Heifetz and so this violinist is thinking I'm gonna figure out what it is this guy does to play the way he plays how do you play this stuff so fast? How do you, how do you have all of these notes and you're just, you're just uh, spinning them off like it's easy? And so he wants to learn the tricks and he's listening through the wall as Heifetz, the master, is practicing next door. And what does he hear? He hears the opening of the Beethoven violin concerto played slow, like... Not even slow motion, like one twentieth of the speed you would normally play it at. And he hears Heifetz play through the entire passage that slow. That's a man in retirement who has already dominated performing as a violinist his entire life. And he goes back every day every day, and plays it slow, and plays it again, and plays it again. We want the Christian life delivered hot and now, but it only comes daily, over and over again. So we're talking about a schedule that is repetitive. We're talking about a consistent schedule it's not like you do it daily for a couple of weeks like the way I exercise in January every year. (laughs) I I have it all, I have the whole year planned out how exercise is going to go and then other priorities kind of take over and uh, so it's not consistent and so there's nothing that's going to change in my body without Consistent work. A couple of weeks, not enough. This is saying, he watches daily at my gates. She waits daily beside my doors. And there's a consistency about that that never drops off in favor of something easier. Why do we lose consistency in things that we know should be priorities? It's because easier stuff comes along. It's easier to do this. It's easier to read a Christian book than it is to read the Bible. It's easier to listen to a Christian podcast than it is to read the Bible. It's easier to listen to a podcast than to go to church. It's easier to just take some time to relax instead of going to church. It's or reading the scriptures or serving or any of these things. It's easier. And it is. No question, no argument there. But the problem is that we as as American Christians lack the consistency in our schedules where our faith is being filled, exercised, revived every day. We're watching at those doors. We're also talking about a patient schedule. I want you to look at something, Uh, go to Proverbs 24. Let me ask you this question. Are you discouraged today? Are you listening to this and saying, yep, check. I'm doing everything that I'm not supposed to do and everything that I need to do to wait at those doors. I'm not doing it. And the reason is, I was doing it, but life happened, and it got hard, and it got discouraging, and I went back to those doors one day, and the doors didn't open. And I stayed for a half a day the next day, and they still didn't open. And so I just, I kind of got out of it. I lost the consistency, I lost that dailyness, and as I sit here this morning, I agree, all of those things are great priorities. The invitation's generous. It's, it's all fantastic. But it's not going to happen because I just can't keep up hope in the day-to-day. Proverbs 24, 13. My son, eat honey for it is good and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste know that wisdom is such to your soul now think about that um, anybody here like chocolate I'm a chocolate guy if, if there's chocolate I sign me up do you ever lose hope when you're eating chocolate? <laughs> I don't. Ever. I, it, chocolate's great. It's good for me. It's good for my soul. And so, you know, I can patiently eat chocolate all day long. Because it's that good. And so, it, when when I am enjoying it and and taking it in and rolling it around in my mouth and just savoring it. I don't lose hope. I also don't need patience. Chocolate doesn't require patience. It, it's, it's great. You just you take it in and you, you just get more. Uh, now, how about exercise? You lose hope in exercise? I do. Uh, why? Because it's not as enjoyable it's work, it's hard. As we just said, something easier comes along, gets us off track and takes us in a different direction. Here's what Solomon is saying here in Proverbs 24, 13. Son, eat honey. Let's get back to essentials here. Remember what it tastes like to have something sweet in your mouth. You don't need hope because it's good and the good of it is immediately there. Wisdom is like that. You've got to think back to the time when wisdom first struck your soul and you realized. Somebody told me this morning, it, it was great, I got it! The Holy Spirit hit me with this. Jesus has paid for my sins. Now I know it. And you could just see, this guy doesn't need patience. He's got all the patience in the world right there. Why? Because it's chocolate in his mouth. That's Why? It's great. When we get discouraged pursuing wisdom, we need to remember what wisdom actually is. It is not a burden. It's sweet. It frees us. It strengthens us. It gives us insight. It gives us power. It releases our creativity. All of those things are in wisdom itself. That's the nature of wisdom because Jesus is wisdom. Jesus is the creator. Right? We just got done looking at all of that. So when wisdom hits us, pleasure comes out. Delight, recreation comes out. And we lose this. So Solomon says, know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. So go back to the doors of the house. Go back to those gates. Watch them. They will open. You will get that sweetness back and go back every single day. If you do, It's a priority. If not, then we have to be honest. We have to confess to the Lord where we're really at. And we need to look into our schedules like a mirror. And we need to say, my schedule is telling me that walking with God is not my priority. Period. If we can look into our schedule and see that, there's a first step to wisdom because that invitation is still there. Well, it hasn't been a priority up to now. The invitation's still good. Come over now. Sit at my gates now. I'll invite you in. We'll talk. I'll teach you. You'll learn things and you will be restored and we'll start this again right where you are. But it has to be a priority. So, coming back to the question we started with, we're really not talking about time management at all. We're not talking about hours and minutes, how to get more out of your day. Um, With that, I mean, there are lots of things we could say that might be useful to you, but it it, it would still probably send you to hell. If the priorities behind your very productive time management is hellish, then the more productive you are, the heavier the weights dragging you down will become. So we're really not talking about time management at all. We're talking about a total transformation of your heart priorities toward God that is, that these, these changes are so compelling that they force themselves into your day, and you cannot do otherwise. So what are we talking about? The gospel. We're talking about a change of heart toward God that says, you have all time, and you can lead me in this, and so let me ask you a couple of questions to think about. Are these two things on your daily schedule? And what I'm asking there is, how big a priority are these things? If you're saying, well, these things are on my weekly schedule, they're on my monthly schedule, but daily, wow, there's a lot to do, you know, it's a lot to ask to put these two things on the daily schedule, then you are telling yourself what your priorities are. So here are the two things is Christ on your daily schedule Do you meet with him we're asking about prayer we're asking about the word and really if we want to get really um, down to brass tacks on this we're not talking about one meeting a day we're talking about Christ walking with you through your day and every hour there's a reason to turn to him to say, "Lord, I need you right now. Is he on your daily schedule? If it's too informal, it's probably not happening right? If it's intentional if it's if it's there because you." like a job, you have to put those hours in there. If it's there because it's that big a priority, then the answer is yes, Christ is on my daily schedule. Prayer and the word and interacting with him. Are Christians on your daily schedule? Oh, pastor. I mean, I want Jesus on my daily schedule, but those Christians, that's another thing. I don't want... They're, they're taxing. They take time and energy. It takes patience to deal with Christians. So I up at camp, told me, uh, just by way of confession, uh, she said, I'm, I'm so tired, I'm so worn out. This week was horrible, and I just, I, I didn't want to be here. I, she just said, I, I just said to my husband, do we have to go? Because there are Christians at camp, and they, they take patience, and, and so do we have to? And then she said, I am so glad I did. Because what did we do? We just sat there through the evening and talked about all of those heavy things got them off our chest got a, a little bit of perspective on them renewed that hope there's wisdom here the Lord is with us and there will be a future and there will be a hope and while we were doing this uh, you know the sun is setting and I don't like this weather but one of the nice things about summer in, in in this part of California is you do get clouds that are pretty high up in the sky and the sunsets can last a long time. And so we just sit with uh, with each other and watch the sun set. Is that on your schedule? Needs to be on the schedule. There needs to be something every day renewing your Christian fellowship Every day? I need a Christian a day? Are you sure? Comes highly recommended because what that means is that you are drawing strength from each other in wisdom's house. If you're taking Christ without the Christians, revise your schedule, make it daily, make it a top priority in your life will you pray with me Lord Jesus we need our hearts to change so that our time can change we do need more freedom we do need our minutes and hours to be more productive but we can't get there from here our priorities need to change our hearts need to change and so we just ask you be at work in our hearts Call to us. Renew that invitation in each one of our hearts today. We will listen to it. We will start making decisions to change our daily schedules, to watch by your doors. Because we want into your house. And we need what you have in your house. And so we pray that you would do this work in our hearts, and we will respond by giving you glory, honor, and praise. We lift it all up to you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's people said, amen. At this point, I'm not seeing any questions, so what, or do we have one right there? Okay, well, you got some time. Good. (laughs) That was unintended. Oh, now we're getting the questions. Okay. Proverbs 8, 25, 26, 27, and 30. Who are these verses speaking of? Uh, who was created before all was created? Is this Jesus or is this uh, the souls of the future redeemed? So um, what... What uh, Proverbs 8 is talking about is Jesus in the act of creation. In Genesis chapter 1, where you read about this, Genesis chapter 2, he's, he's making all of this unfold, and he's playing with it. And so Proverbs chapter 8 is Jesus before time began. So where are we in the scriptures This is John 1.1, in the beginning the Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were made through Him and without Him nothing was made that was made. So that's that's where we are in Proverbs 8. Uh, It's talking about Jesus in the act of creation and it's wonderful. Uh, so that's what, uh, that's what that is, is speaking about, and it's very important as a passage of Scripture uh, for that reason. Uh, let's look at what we have here. Um, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. This is 1 Corinthians 1.30, passed along by our brother, and he's reminding us, Christ became to us wisdom from God. You have Christ, we're just underlining the point of Proverbs 8. If you have Christ, you have wisdom. You're in his house, and the doors are open, and I can't think of a more fitting benediction than to say, go into this week, into the time that God has given to you because of Jesus Christ, because he became wisdom to us from God, because he is our righteousness, and because he is our sanctification and redemption, go in his name, live for his glory.